All right, we're back uh, another week, uh, another film. And uh, this week, we're bringing along a friend of mine, uh, actor, producer, director, Trayvon Coles. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing quite swell. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. Uh, Trayvon, I'm sorry I didn't warn you in advance, but you're going to be a guinea pig tonight for something we haven't done before. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, it, I think it's I'm nothing, ready. It's nothing crazy. Um, we uh, so we used to, uh, me and Jonathan who couldn't join us tonight. Uh, he's got finals, so we're wishing him all the best of luck. Best, you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. You yes. can do it. Uh, he and I used to uh, harass our guests on our Drinking Age Movies podcast with a couple of questions. And we're going to fire those questions at you now and uh, you know, just get your honest responses for them. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. All right. So our, our first question for you tonight is uh, we're, we're covering the 1987 Oscars. So we were curious, uh, how old were you in 1987? And do you have any memories from them if you were even born? <laughs> <laughs> Um, the answer is uh, non-existent, and uh, <laughs> no. If no. I did have memories, that would be very scary. <laughs> Pete, that would be interesting, though. <laughs> Think of the possibilities. Um. Okay, so that 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 makes our second question a little more interesting. Um, what are some formative films for you that you watched a lot growing up, or that you remember? Uh, like first trips to the theater or anything like that. Ooh, actually, I remember my first one of my first trips. My dad took me to see X Men. Uh, oh, nice! The, the first one, you know, uh, the first Hugh Jackman and yeah. Halle Berry one and whatnot. I, I just remember that was my first time really being introduced to X Men, um, and it was like really really cool to me. It was just. <laughs> I mean, like, what the heck? You see all these people with superpowers. This guy has claws coming out of his hand. I'm over here, like, freaking out in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is this madness? And my dad was like, I've always been an X-Men fan, so you're going to be just like me. And now, like, I am an X-Men fan. So that I remember that was one of my favorite ones ever seeing. Uh, Star Wars. Uh, um, dang it, which one? Trying to go down the list in my head. Star Wars, I'm cheating a little bit. I'm thinking if it, are, are you thinking post 2000 because that'd probably be episode two. Yes, Attack of the Clones. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I remember seeing that vividly, seeing that as a kid growing up. It was, I mean, like, a lot of action movies. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. My childhood as well. My, you know, always seems to be the thing when when dads are in charge of taking kids to the movies. <laughs> you know, you yeah. Know. I saw this. Um, post uh on facebook a few days ago actually it might have been like the hard times of the onion some satirical thing but it was like six movies r-rated movies my dad thinks i'm okay to see at eight years old and it had like terminator 2 and like hard rain or something some steven seagal movie or like oh, true lies yeah. and things like that and i laugh because my first uh theater memory is going to see terminator 2 when i was five <laughs> and i asked my dad it's like why did one. you think I, I personally love it I know Paul, maybe not as much. Um, I have opinions. Yeah. But uh, I asked my dad, I was like, 
what was your thinking taking me to see Terminator 2 when I was five? He's like, I thought you could separate the fantasy from reality. And I, I guess I turned out okay. So. I, I saw the, the Terminator 2 was the first one I saw of the, of the series. And I probably saw it when I was about seven or eight over at a friend's house. So yeah. Uh, it and, would be, uh, another, be another like three or four years before I see the first one. It was weirdly I, I, marketed for kids with toys and stuff. So, Oh yeah. And you know what? <laughs> Speaking of toys, you just reminded me, uh, I saw child's play as a kid. Um, <laughs> my, my parents thought it'd be cool if they introduced me to that um, as my first horror movie. And wow. it was a terrible experience. Yeah. It was awful. I mean, come on. I'm a kid who played with toys. Like, what? I'm over here um, looking no. at my toys. I don't trust them anymore. Right. Right. I don't trust my parents. I don't trust the toys in my closet. I don't trust anyone at this point. <laughs> just, I was... I. I was weirdly obsessed with that franchise before I saw a single film out of it. Mm. Yeah, that messed with me too when I was a kid. I was like, no thanks. <laughs> nope. All right. So this comes to our third and final question that we that we used to ask on drinking age movies, which was um, have you seen, and if you have, what are your opinions on the masterpiece that is Cats, the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Um, have I seen the movie? Negative. <laughs> Was it on purpose? Yes. <laughs> um, because it just—I mean, I'm sorry. Honestly, it just looked god awful. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet either, but you know, one day I guess I'll watch it on Paul's behalf. It's—it's it's, it's a masterpiece. Everybody's it's a missing out. <laughs> Dear God. A fever dream. It, I I always say this. It's the film. It's the film that made all the wrong decisions in all the right ways. <laughs> really, I thought that was Sharknado. Also Sharknado. Okay. <laughs> there's a few of them out there where there's. It's like, uh, what were you on when you made these decisions? And please, can I get some? <laughs> <laughs> please pass that, please. <laughs> Because <laughs> I need some if you want me to watch this. So, yes. Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, being our guinea pig this evening. And uh, I think we're going to talk about a movie. Okay, let's talk about a movie. Let's, let's talk about Hello, you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Zach McCoy. And I'm Trayvon Coles. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worsty Podcast, the show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong. What film are we watching this week, Zach? We are watching The Last Emperor, an intimate account of the life of Pu Yi, the final ruler of the Qing Dynasty in China. Excellent, excellent. And is this everybody's first time seeing this film? Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> also, yes. So that's an Oscar firsties. Okay. This is uh, one of the ones you predicted for me, I think, Paul? Uh, I look at my yes, list, like, it was. Okay, very good. So I know I have to have the last one wrong. 
since there was what was your two, last uh, driving Miss Daisy. Hmm. Hmm. We'll, we'll find see. out. We'll driving see. Miss Daisy. Uh, me and Zach guessed what uh, we both had uh, a handful of films we hadn't seen from the eighties. So the two of us guessed which ones we hadn't seen. Mm, and, uh, okay. I've, hey. I've gotten a couple wrong for Zach, I think. So we'll see when we get to 1989. Uh-huh. Yep. 1989. Yep. Yeah. Not, not really looking forward to driving. This <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a thing. It will be a thing. All right. Let's jump into our Oscar breakdown. Break it down. 60th Academy Awards. It is a Jonathan Liss, April 11th, 1988. Mm. Uh, we're, we have, oh, hold on a second. Did we move somewhere? I think we did. We've moved. We are no longer at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. We have moved to the Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles, California. All right. Fancying <laughs> okay. it up a bit. Our host for the evening is Chevy Chase. <laughs> everybody's favorite member of the three amigos uh, our most nominations on the uh yeah you're gonna get a lot of backbiting comments like that trey be prepared it, it, I'm, I'm ready i'm so ready <laughs> our most nominated film on the evening is the last emperor at nine and our most awarded film on the evening is the last emperor Going 100%, nine Academy Awards. Whoa. I believe being the first 100%er and tying uh, nominations and awards with Gigi, which also a queen sweep. Uh, Gigi's got awful. Awful film. (laughs) I have not seen Gigi. You don't need Uh, to. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Watch My Fair Lady instead. It is a much better film from from Lerner and Lowe. Yeah. All right. Last Emperor, Jeremy Thomas picks up Best Picture, uh, beating out Broadcast News, Fatal Attraction, Hope and Glory, and Moonstruck. No, I'm saying beating Fatal Attraction. Wow. Yeah, the interesting pick there. Uh, beating uh, Bernardo Bertolucci picks up Best Director. Uh, this gets... No acting nominations because, for some reason, the Academy does not like to nominate Asian actors. <laughs> it's, ah. it's a very unfortunate real thing, and I don't like it. No, I hate it because there are at least a few. There are at least a few performances in this film I think could have gotten nominated, especially alongside nine nominations. Right. Yeah, and I agree. Uh, all right, so Michael Douglas wins for Wall Street and not Fatal Attraction, which was nominated for Best Picture, uh, beating out my god himself, Jack Nicholson, and uh, <laughs> Robin Williams in his first nomination. Was his that a Good Morning Vietnam? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Robin what was Nicholson uh, nominated for? Uh, Ironweed. Ironweed. Huh, haven't I seen, seen that one. Uh, seen that. I, Hard on mm, the lungs, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Chow chow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cher wins oh. Best Actress for Moonstruck. Interesting. Somehow, yeah. Nicolas Cage not picking up a nomination for this film. Mm. Yes, yeah, we are very surprised. But yeah, 
Uh, Sean Connery picks up Best Supporting Actor for The Untouchables, making this his one and only award. Ah, the legend. Legend himself. Uh, <sighs> beating out a first-time nominated Denzel Washington for Cry Freedom. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, Denzel Washington still on um, St. Elsewhere at this time. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Morgan Freeman, also nominated. What was Morgan Freeman's Sh- movie? Uh, Street Smart. Oh. That one I need to write down. I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't I'm, seen list- I'm listing some of these. I'm like, what? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, going down these, going down this rabbit hole is always a lot of fun. Uh, Olympia Dukakis wins Best Supporting Actress for Moonstruck, being out the great Anne Ramsey for Throw Mama from the Train, the Danny DeVito <laughs> film. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> have, have you ever seen that film, Trey? Have I no? I haven't seen. I've heard of the film. It's it's Danny DeVito doing a comedic remake of Strangers on a Train. It's incredibly good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no. And Ram and Ramsey, of course, you might know as the uh, the old woman from The Goonies. Oh uh, yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes 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 yes. She plays Danny DeVito's mm-hmm. mom in this movie. Oh, this is gold. I'm watching this probably later. <laughs> you, you should. It's it's a lot of fun. Feel free to uh, message me and let me know. <laughs> Look forward to it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Moonstruck wins best screenplay written directly for the screen. Best screenplay based on material from another medium goes to Last Emperor, giving Bernardo Bertolucci his second Academy Award on the night. This is all interesting to me. What's that? You know what I'm saying this is this is just interesting. Uh, the lineup, yes. Uh, foreign language film goes to Babette's Feast from Denmark. Oh yeah, that's a uh, by what's your face who wrote uh, out of Africa or based on. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of bummed it beats out Au Revoir Les Enfants, the Louis Malle film. Oh. Oh, that also oh. got nominated for uh, original screenplay. Oh, good, good. Uh, best documentary feature goes to the Ten Year Lunch: The Wit and Legend of the Algonquin Roundtable. Okay, I love a nice hmm. long title. Mm-hmm. Best documentary short subject goes to Young at Heart. Best live action short film goes to Ray's Male Heterosexual Dance Hall. <laughs> <laughs> What? What? <laughs> Ray? Oh, okay. Like Ray, a person Ray. Yes. Yes. Is heterosexual dance hall. Ray's male heterosexual dance hall. Okay. It's okay, American okay. short comedy film directed by Brian Gordon. I'm glad I reread that because I thought it said Barry Gordon. Oh my god! It's like what is Barry Gordon doing there? Apparently nothing. Because <laughs> in the 80s, you had to clarify dancing didn't make you gay. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, I kind of want to see this just to see what this is all about. Very but, true. And dancing had to be dirty. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, our uh, best animated short film goes to The Man Who Planted Trees. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, best original score brings us to our podcast within a podcast John Williams Oscar Watch. John Williams, 
nominated twice this evening after a couple years off. Uh, he gets nominated for The Witches of Eastwick, of course. Ah, there we go. Himself. Okay. And uh, Steven Spielberg's Empire of the Sun, a film mm. I'm very upset not to see a lot more Academy yeah. Award nominations for. Yeah. Mm. That's a good um, one. He loses both of those, though. No. To The Last Emperor, giving... Uh, oh, I'm going to say this. Uh, Ryuchi, Sakamoto, Kong Su, and... The Talking Heads, David Byron, David Byrne, Byron, Byrne. It, it sounds like you pronounced it right. Uh, uh, giving those three wonderful people a category. Yeah, I'm surprised to see. All right, I, congrats. I always get mixed up, even though I've heard his name dozens of times. I was like, is it Byrne Byron? But it was. I didn't know he had anything to do with this. So when his name popped up, I was like, yes. And then I could <laughs> kind of hear his influence in there. That was cool. Yeah, you definitely can. I actually watched. Uh, uh, criterion special feature that was just an interview with him on the on the score cool uh so that was that was fun mm-hmm. um okay uh i've had the time of my life from dirty dancing wins best original song speaking of which <laughs> there we go <laughs> dirty dirty dancing um no, I... <laughs> <laughs> um it beats out. Okay, this is an interesting lineup, so I'm going to go down. Uh, Cry Freedom from Cry Freedom. Okay. Uh, nothing's going to stop us now from Mannequin. Okay. Giving Diane Warren maybe her first nomination. I didn't look that up. I didn't see her there. Uh, Shakedown from Beverly Hills Cop 2. Giving uh, Bob Seger an Academy Award nomination. <laughs> good, good, good. Shakedown, breakdown. <laughs> Uh, and Storybook Love from The Princess Bride. Nice. Another film I'm upset not to see more Academy Award nominations for. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorites. But yes. Yeah, it, it's way up there with me. Does that have a Criterion release? Oh, not only does it have a Criterion release, but it's got a real nice hardcover book. Oh, that's gorgeous. Ooh, yeah. I, I love this edition. Nice. Everybody take a yeah. drink. Whenever <laughs> Paul shows his Criterion, that's what we do. Yeah, it's got a, a great book. Yeah, uh, I love this edition. I like looking for that drink. Oh, speaking of speaking of David Byrne, here's uh, my copy of True Stories. There you go. <laughs> I think Broadcast News has a Criterion too, but I don't own that one. I should buy that. <laughs> All right, uh, back to it. Best sound goes to the Last Emperor. Shout uh, out to the Last Emperor, right? giving yeah. giving empire. Uh, giving Empire of the Sun, Lethal Weapon, and RoboCop a loss. Oh, pretty sweet uh, lineup there. Yeah, I must say, that's pretty close. Yeah, but just, this, I guess this movie won for the, the sound of that mouse hitting the door. That was yeah. <laughs> very... Uh, that's RoboCop. Another beautiful... Ah, oh, that looks sick. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. An out, it's an out-of-print copy. See that, Trey uh, in the reflection there. Yeah, you sure did. <laughs> uh out of print copy that has like an extra minute of violence. Extra violence. Love me some extra violence. Who doesn't, right? All right. Uh, best art direction goes to Last Emperor. Best cinematography goes to The Last Emperor, giving Vittorio Storaro his second Academy Award. Oh, they were just clearing the board. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is this is pretty much we're running them down now. Uh, Michael Bauhaus is up for broadcast news. 
Well, after working with Marty a few times. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's entered the ring now. Mm-hmm. Uh, best makeup goes to Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey. Is this the hey, job? It's Rick Baker, so why not? Yeah. <laughs> Is this the one where you've got the friend? Yes, and that friend will hopefully be on our uh, our driving Miss Daisy episode. So maybe we'll get him to tell that story. If I think I might have told it on the show, but I think it'd be yeah. funnier if he did. Okay, Harry and the Hendersons. That sounds like a doo-wop group or something. Like it really does. It just... <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, best costume design goes to The Last Emperor. Mm-hmm. Uh, best film editing goes to The Last Emperor. Uh, Robocop also nominated in that category. Uh, best visual effects goes to Inner Space, the Joe Dante film, <laughs> which, if you've never seen Inner Space, see Inner Space. That film is incredibly good. Okay, uh, okay got it. Just as it, good as is that. Is that the one? Yes. <laughs> oh. Is that the one you've mentioned recently with Martin Short, or is that a different? Mar- movie? Martin Short, yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, and I forgot his name again. I forgot his name last time. I had to say it. Um, well, else is he in? What else is he in? He was in Space. Breaking I'm... Away. Uh, Quaid. Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Not Dennis Quaid. Thank you. I yes. almost went. I almost went Randy. Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. There you go. Okay. Oh, Dick Miller? Yeah, yeah. It was a Joe Dante film, so of course he's in there. Yep. Because, you know, he's also in, like, Gremlins. Um, Ooh, shout out to Gremlins. What do you... Uh, and uh, Inner Space beats out Predator for best visual effects. Ooh. Wow. That makes okay. sense, though. I think it makes sense. Uh, Robocop, not in the category, which I find weird. Yes. Hmm. All right. Our Irving G. Thalberg Award on the evening goes to Billy Wilder. Congratulations, Billy Wilder. He must be like 90 years old by now. Yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah. They, I was going to say, is he still alive? Apparently in 1987 he was. All right. Well, there's that. Damn. He was 80 years old. He lived till 2002. Good for him. Yep. Yep. All right. Um. So our special achievement award goes to Stephen Hunter Flick and John Pospisil Pos, for the oh. sound effects editing of RoboCop. Oh, okay. Pospisil. Pospisil. Now I have to look up. Recognize that uh, name. Fred Hines, who won the Gordon E. Sawyer Award because, of course, the... Wikipedia didn't tell me that there was a Gordon E. Sawyer Award. Fred Hines. Fred Hines wins the Gordon E. Sawyer Award. Uh, Apparently, he was an American sound engineer who won five Academy Awards in the category of sound recording for Oklahoma, South Pacific, The Alamo, West Side Story, The Sound of Music, and he also got nominated for Porgy and Bess and Cleopatra. Oh Shit. my God! Jesus big, Christ! Big hitter there. Yeah, yeah, and those and and they don't even have everything he's worked on. Those are just the Academy Award nominations. So just imagine what else he's doing. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, 
yeah so that's our oscar breakdown okay yeah thank you very much for that recap we are informed on the year and are we ready to discuss the last emperor yes let's talk about i I think i think we are let's talk about (laughs) this movie okay i think this is a very nice movie nice hmm it, it yes, because when's the last time I seen it a while ago? It is a very interesting movie. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, you look like you had some rebuttal to me saying this was a nice movie. Well, I nice isn't the word I would use for it. It's not very pleasant in a lot of ways. No, not not <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, I'll say up front that I really like it. I think it's a little. I was surprised it won Best Picture because it's kind of a weird, like the, at least the first act is pretty weird uh, for like Academy, at least for what we've watched up to this point. Yeah. And, I, I feel like it's really been one of those, this feels like the film that was shit or get off the pot with uh, nominating these foreign directors mm-hmm. that they hadn't really given anything to. Yeah. Bertolucci, you know, he's acclaimed at this point, but also controversial, and he's never won anything before, right? I don't... Right, right. And, like, you know, we just had, like, Akira Kurosawa lose Best Director for no reason, and mm-hmm. uh, they nominated Bergman quite a few times and not, like, pulled the trigger on giving him an Academy Award. So it really felt like if you're going to keep putting these acclaimed foreign directors in those categories that eventually you're going to have to do it. And Bertolucci seemed to be a good pick for it. Mm. Just, just my theory at least. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll say I watched it on uh, HBO max. So I guess that's the theatrical version because I actually own the director's cut, which is 40 minutes longer or something. So 40 minutes longer, 40 by looked at, if I looked at the time, the runtime, Wow. Uh, like what's that? 320? 320? Which version did you watch? <laughs> I must have watched the theatrical because that's what was on the one Blu-ray criterion yeah, disc that's like two hours and forty three minutes or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't even remember which one I watched it on. Uh Jesus. It wasn't HBO Max though. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I will say I liked it enough to maybe a couple of years from now, I feel like I want to go back and watch the director's cut and really get a feel for what was added. Because you know, when you're looking at 60 years of a man's life, just like kind of like we talked about with the Gandhi movie, you're going to skip over a lot of stuff and, you know, kind of fast forward. And, you know, they're looking a lot at the important dates and, uh, political and historical relevant things. So, yeah, I, I'm interested in going back and seeing more. Right. Yeah, and I mean, this is it's a pretty straightforward film. I, I do like that they interspersed him near the end of his life with the rest of his life, so you get a lot of that like kind of feeling that he's looking back at everything especially as much time as you, you see him in the, uh, the prisoner of war camp. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, with me, cause I seen it like on a whim, like full transparent. I seen it on a whim, like in the past, you know what I'm saying? And then, uh, recently, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. 
I somehow, I guess I was tired. I fell asleep on it. <laughs> but <laughs> it mean, it's, it's cinematically and all that. It's beautiful. It's a great story. Uh, I like Peter O'Toole. So, Yo, yeah, uh, Peter O'Toole's really good in this. Yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out to Peter O'Toole. R.I.P. But yeah, um, it's, it's pretty straightforward uh, to me. Yeah, it's... it's yes. I think okay. Perlucci has a... With his past, he's had some, you know, controversial or or uh, movies that kind of interject some awkward, tense uh, sexual stuff. There's a little bit of that here. <laughs> uh, you know, with The Wet Nurse is not sexual at all. It just surprised me because it was an older kid and I didn't expect to see that in the film. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't probably see that in movies made nowadays. They would find some way to stimulate it or, or whatever. Right. Um, it was really interesting having a look inside the uh, Forbidden City and how they treated the the emperors from from children and you know he he became a stubborn adult but it was almost surprising he wasn't even more stubborn or spoiled i i mean not to analyze or criticize you know the way um the chinese treated emperors but it's just interesting yeah i mean but at the same time we're bernardo berlucci is basing this off of a book that was written by puyi and his brother so okay i you have to wonder <laughs> how much of that was kind of held back in the book and true how much Bertolucci put into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't have I any, know, I mean, have any of you read the book? I don't, I haven't no. I okay. have not, but with, with, when we watch biopics like this, that especially ones that cover large, large periods of time, I always, um, get struck with a desire to learn more and, you know, mm. find out the facts and the real, the real life uh, history and details that maybe the movie just touched on or more glamorized in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's always one of those things when, whenever something's kind of autobiographical and it's not very, I guess shaded is, is kind of the word I'm looking for where there's, where there's not a lot of character shading. Like, yeah, he's kind of a bratty kid, but he grew into kind of a impatient adult. It's like uh, how how much were you trying to make yourself like look better, or how much were you mm-hmm. holding back on us? I don't know. It, it's always just kind of a a thought that's in my head when I know that something was written by that person, right? Um, do you know anything about how Bertolucci came to like produce and direct this? Like, how did it come to him? Uh, I know he was interested in this specific project but um he he wanted to shoot a film in china Mm -hmm. and he gave them two options and the other option was apparently um an adaptation of la condition humane and the chinese were like uh no <laughs> you could do the you could you could do the Puyi novel and he's like great and they gave him complete permission to be in the forbidden city this wasn't a set at all wow this was oh wow, wow. wow. in wow. the forbidden okay. city Excellent. and it was the first time that a that a narrative film was shot there like there was a documentary shot there at one point in the 70s but uh he he's the first narrative director that gets to come in and shoot this film yeah and it's interesting, you know, an uh, Italian Marxist uh, making this film, and you know, there's a lot of criticism of 
communism, which is obviously communism China, much different than Marxism. <laughs> but um, yeah, found that interesting too. Uh, but you know, with with him directing and having Peter O'Toole in it, it, my main criticism of this movie, and I'm I've seen a lot of other shared um, thoughts, is there really should have been more spoken Chinese dialogue with uh, subtitles. There's really no uh, point in them speaking English in like the first, until Peter O'Toole gets there or whatever, I guess, you know, then transition. Yeah, that makes sense. More English, but. And apparently in real life, Peter O'Toole's character is very fluent in Chinese and okay. barely spoke, <laughs> barely spoke English while oh, inside the forbidden city. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder think, if that was like a thing with Peter, like, could he, did he not want to learn it or. I I think really what happens is they're chasing prestige and they're chasing wider markets and releasing a three hour film in Chinese or you know, whatever Mandarin. Uh, yeah, whatever dialect <laughs> yeah, of Chinese yeah. um is not going to rake in a lot of Especially outside. then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's becoming a thing now where I think a lot more people are becoming comfortable. I mean, yeah. Parasite was kind of a big hit over here. And yeah. Minari, all that. Yeah. 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 And I, I got to see Tatane and Benedetta in, in a theater. And that really wasn't something that was happening even like five years ago. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. See, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it, it was a real rare thing when you'd get to see something and it was kind of a lot of, Thanks to the Matrix, I was seeing a lot of Chinese films, like you know, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out uh, theaters over oh here. Yeah. He- Hero, the Jet Li film, but it, Kung Fu it, Hustle, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh no. I love Kung Fu Hustle. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will watch anything by Stephen Chow. That man is a genius. <laughs> Have you ever seen Shaolin Soccer? No, I haven't. I've only oh. seen scenes from it. But... It's so good. Oh, no. <laughs> Putting it down right now. Oh god! I like Bertolucci using a lot of uh, Chinese American actors of the time. It's nice to see Victor Wong in this. Uh, a lot of people may remember as the old man from Tremors. Oh, vaguely, vaguely, because I remember Tremors. He's the one that named them Graboids. Got it. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's all I needed. He was in Three Ninjas too, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was the grandfather in Three Ninjas. Yes. <laughs> uh, and and him and his co-star from uh, Big Trouble in Little China, Dennis Dunn, are both in this movie. Mm. Excellent. Uh, um, I love Big Trouble. John Lone. I I wasn't really familiar with him, but I I thought he did um very restrained performance for the most part, but very good. I I think he should have been in the actor category. Yeah. It, Kind yeah, of a shame he wasn't. Oh wait, he wasn't, was he? Nope. No. Oh god. Well, he was nominated yeah, for Golden Globe. It looks like. Yeah, I I would have put him in the actor category, and I probably would have put Joan Chen in supporting actress. That's right. John Lone was in Rush Hour too. This is great. Sorry. Yes, he was. <laughs> this is great. I remember. <laughs> yes, okay. Oh yeah. Oh, Joan Chen. She she was the Empress, right? Hmm. Yeah, she was really good. Oh, yeah, she was freaked excellent. me out in the end. Mm, Let me God. see. Let me pull up her face. 
She, yeah, the main, uh, his first wife. The oh, Empress, yes. She stuck out for me. Yes. When she came yeah, when back, spitting on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> she looked so sick and tired of it she all and shaken. She was in Judge Dredd. I didn't. Okay. Yes. She, uh, Wait she definitely stuck out. Did she, was she nominated? Uh, no, there were no, actress? there were no acting nominations for this film. Oh God! Yeah, I know it's horrible. <laughs> Not even Peter. Okay. Not even Peter. Peter O'Toole, who has not won an Academy Award up to this point, still still does not get one. Uh, oh, she uh, she she played Josie Packard on Twin Peaks. Sorry, we're like we're like looking at her whole filmography. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now I want to go look at her filmography so I can see things she was in. Yeah, she's, she's been in a lot of things more than I thought. I, I'm like I actually know of her. Like seriously, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't recognize her as Josie Packard, but yeah, she she was amazing. Oh, she was in On Deadly Ground, the Steven Skull film. <laughs> <laughs> Heaven. And oh, Earth. she was in Lust Caution. Oh, that's a great film. You know, that's one I have a copy of that I haven't watched yet. Oh, if you're a fan of Ang Lee, you got to check that out. That's a good one. I saw her and I was like, oh, she's an avatar. Wait a minute. This is a Chinese avatar, Matrix Hunter. (laughs) 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 Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Cool. On Deadly Ground, IMDb gives it uh, 4.6 out of 10. Oh, that's that's way too high. That's too high? Oh, God. Way too high. (laughs) Uh, Less caution. That was was that Ang Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the uh, I believe his direct follow up to um, Brokeback. Okay. Mm. So that's what he spends his uh, best director win on. Yeah, I've got a copy of the highest rate grossing uh, NC seventeen rated film of all time. Okay then. Oh, whoa. Okay. Wow. Must caution. I I don't. No, if I should be shocked by that because it's really hard to get distribution with an NC-17 rating. That's why so few films... There's very few of those, but yeah. Yeah, so few films want it, so a lot of them will really scale back on their editing. Yeah. Anyway, anybody else have any more <laughs> notes on this film? I'm having a hard time talking about it. it, it it's like, like Trey said, it's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. I think it deserves all the... like. Art direction and uh, oh. costume awards and everything. Yeah, it, those it deserved. Oh yes. yeah, Vit- Vittorio Storaro definitely deserved that cinematography award. Yeah, that man doesn't miss. <laughs> what else is? What else has he done? Oh, he uh, he did Reds. Oh yeah, uh, communism. He, yeah, last mm-hmm. tango in Paris. So he's hanging out with. Uh, oh, he was. Bertolucci, yeah, nice. yeah. He's hanging out with Bertolucci because he also does The Conformist. Uh, it does uh, Apocalypse Bertolucci. now, which I believe is the one he won the Academy Award for. Oh shit! I love yeah. it. Um, he The Conformist. Oh, yeah. Okay, so gorgeous. this is his third Academy Award. I said it was the second. He also won one for Reds because Reds is gorgeous. Yep. Uh, he did Dick Tracy. So hanging out <laughs> with uh, Warren Beatty again there. Yeah. Uh, Seeing the connection we, here. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, you will be covering one of his films for Thursday here in a couple of weeks because he does uh, New, York, New York stories. Good. No, I really like the music too. I know it's there's points where uh, 
you know, movies of the 80s and 90s that have kind of returning themes throughout, you know, people can criticize for melodramatic or whatever. But I really liked it. Every time that little re- refrain came back and hit me with, like, I know you're you're telling me I need to be emotional in this moment, but it's working. Okay, fine. Mm, right. <laughs> no, because uh, it did win Best Sound, correct? Yeah. Yes, well-deserved. And, and At best, least from what I think. <laughs> yeah, and Best Score. I, yeah. I think the score on this is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think all these below the line wins are very well deserved. I agree. I uh, I just also, I still agree that some of the acting was snubbed, but yes, yeah, uh, it, that's it's uh, like my main takeaway from this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> especially Joan Tin. Yeah, leads her. You know what I mean? Um, at the very least. Uh, at the very least. I mean, I haven't seen. The Whales of August or Gabby, a true story, which also get into the supporting actress category. Never heard of must not be anything to write home about. Obviously. Well, <laughs> those are news to me, so I don't, I don't know what those are. Oh, God. Uh, the picture that they chose for the IMDb poster for Gabby, a true story does not instill a lot of confidence <laughs> in me. <laughs> uh, Wales of August has Betty Davis, Lillian Gish, Vincent Price in it. Huh? Good what, lord! They what must is be this movie? Prop, propped up. Not to, no disrespect, but they're old, really old. That I'm sure. I would say, hey, hey, Vincent Price is still doing all right that I know of at this point because uh, he still goes on to do uh, uh, Edward Scissorhands. Uh, oh, that's true. That's right. A, a few years from now, so yeah. he's, he's he doing died in right. '93, I, but he was doing I, okay. All right. So, what, what, what becomes of uh, the kid from Last Empire? I don't. That's know. my question. I have. I don't know. Richard Vu. That's his name. Doesn't, unfortunately, I'm skirting around on uh, Wikipedia, and he doesn't have a hyperlink on there. So. He doesn't. Okay. Richard Vu. B U U. Yeah. Yeah, the main Google list isn't showing up anything else. Uh, it, just that it looks like he played yeah, the three-year-old. Um, That's interesting. The one who played the maybe teenage age, Tao Wu. Um, Tao Wu. Yeah, it looks like he maybe only did another movie or two. Also, so unfortunately, yeah, close. Oh wow! To, so, so that close was the start and the end of their career. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You know, and and. Maybe their parents just didn't want them in film after this one. Who knows? No. Can't yeah. you blame them? <laughs> Probably not. All right. Yeah. I, I, Any, my final kind of wrap up thought is just to kind of repeat something I said earlier. It is one of those movies where it really makes me want to look at, you know, maybe read the autobiography or at least, you know, familiarize myself more with the, the history in China. And because all very, Interesting, especially when you have the the communist crackdown. What did or didn't happen with trying to get him reinstated, and who was controlling the the strings behind him? It's, it's fascinating. Yeah, I'd I'd be interested to learn a little more about him and see what other people had to say about him. Uh, I, I think I'm interested in actually looking at, at the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe I'll see if I can find an audiobook of that and listen to it at work. Yeah, I prefer audiobooks myself. So yes, that that's also what I meant. <laughs> yeah. I just between <laughs> between watching movies for this show and being a 
father and working yeah. full time, I I don't have a ton of time to read. So if I'm interested in a book, I'll read it to my kids. So it has to be kid friendly on top of everything. Else. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> Noted. So they'll be listening to Moby Dick soon. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I guess that brings us to our national film registry. So Trey, Guessing our, uh, what this was probably not in, it's not American or I, I think you've hit it on the money, but uh, I guess that uh, clears us out for that trade. So what we normally do is if the film is in the national film registry, it has to be American. Mm. Okay. Um, so this being an Italian director shooting in English, but uh, using Chinese money, <laughs> that's all kind of a a weird cluster that I'm sure doesn't make it eligible though the American Film Institute seemed to think it was American enough I don't know uh, okay because they nominated mm. it for some things okay. it didn't make any of the lists but it got nominated probably the, the English yeah so uh, normally what we do is we we try to guess what year it went in uh, so instead I'm going to read you the films that got in oh, okay and you're going to guess which one went in first of the films that got in. And okay. um, the, the only stipulation is it has to be 10 years eligible. So 1997 is the first year that is eligible to go in. So here is the list of the three films that got in in 1987. Okay. Only three. Jesus Christ. And it's broadcast news. La Bamba. And the Princess Bride. <laughs> uh, Robocop uh, is not in the uh, Robocop. <laughs> Am I rem- remembering correctly that Terms of Endearment was not in, right? Because you're like, what? You right. But they put in broadcast news. Oh, right. Huh. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to have to guess. Like, uh, I'm feeling Princess Bride. I'm feeling it, but I feel like it's, it got snubbed. Um. So it's broadcasting between what you say. What was the second one? La Bamba. La Bamba. Let me go with that. Okay. Uh, what <laughs> year do you think La Bamba got in? 1997 is the earliest year. The mm-hmm. earliest he can got it. Uh, I feel like it got in. I'm going to say like 2009 for some reason. Okay. Zach. Okay. Uh, not to price is right, you. I literally had this number in my head, so I'm going to say I was going to say Princess Bride 2008. Oh, <laughs> well, no, okay. uh, Zach, you got the film, which mm. is Princess Bride. Princess Bride goes in in 2016. Oh, so eight years off, eight years later, and that's okay. the earliest of these. That's three? the earliest. So oh, they go kind Christ. of in a line here: Princess Bride to 2016, La Bamba 2017. Broadcast News 2018. Wow, wow. So La Bamba was second. Okay. So uh, lots, lots of great films from 1987. Just not in kind of a bummer. I just wonder why and also why it takes forever for them to even get in the National Registry. Yeah. Like, uh, sometimes it's sometimes it's just uh, trying to catch up on films that hadn't gone in yet. Sometimes I just don't understand. Like, Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't 
I honestly don't understand why RoboCop's not in it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? There's some weird <laughs> films in the registry, and RoboCop is not. Uh, but they put things like Predator and Terminator in there, but not RoboCop? I think Terminator is in there, and it went into 2008. Okay. Uh, Predator is not in there because this is the year of Predator, so it ah. it got left out. Predator, also not in there. Mm. Uh, womp, womp. Sorry, Predator. Yeah, and I mean... Uh, There's still time. Moonstruck's yeah. not in there. Uh, Cry Freedom's not in there. Hmm. Well, yeah, there's just there's just a lot of really good stuff that's not in there. Well, all right. Uh, I guess this is normally the time now that Jonathan will go over the Golden Raspberry winners, so I'll go ahead and cover that for him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was glancing at that. I was wondering if we were going to do that. Yeah, we, we'll keep it rolling. Yeah, we got to got to got to go. Um, so, uh, <laughs> 1987 Golden Raspberries winner of Worst Picture is uh, Leonard Part Six, the Bill Cosby <laughs> film. Okay. Uh, uh, still, still waiting to see Leonard's part one through five. Yeah, oh, not anymore. Uh, it beats out Ishtar. Speaking of Warren Beatty, uh, which is a great film, doesn't deserve to be there. Uh, Jaws: The Revenge, Tough Guys Don't Dance, and Who's That Girl? La 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 la. <laughs> Eve's that girl. Yes, yeah, she is. Uh, Bill Cosby. Picks up worst actor for Leonard Part Six. <laughs> that is crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've never seen this film, but I've never heard anything good about it either. I, I've never seen it, but uh, it, it's it's been thrown like around during a conversation with me and some friends, and we had a Bill Cosby rabbit hole one day. And it's just I never watched it, <laughs> but I laugh every time I hear about it. It's crazy. It, yeah. yeah, it's it's one of those Hollywood jokes that. I've never been in on, uh, yep. but Bill Cosby beats out Bruce the shark from Jaws the Revenge. Just so oh, and of course their uh, their perennial punching bag Sylvester Stallone here is uh, in Over the Top, yeah, playing Lincoln Hawk. Lincoln Hawk. We're gonna get back to that in a second. Okay. Um, Madonna wins Worst Actress for Who's That Girl? Ah, apparently shout out to Madonna. Apparently the answer is Madonna's that girl. La 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 la. Oh my god. Uh, worst supporting actor goes to David Mendenhall for Over the Top. I'm not normally okay with giving kids worst supporting actor, except for the fact, <laughs> except for the fact that David Mendenhall's character in Over the Top's name is Mike Hawk. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Yep. I. <laughs> I was just looking at that. Somebody, somebody had to know that 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 was a thing, right? This was nah. this was not done on accident. No, yeah. you know, <laughs> it, it, it says happen. Michael, but you know that's it, it's to try to squiggle through it. I see the garbage <laughs> pail kids are are uh, nominated here. <laughs> oh, lovely! All of them, all of them. Wait, in supporting actor, or worst new star. Or oh, am I? Did I go too far? I'm, I'm you're, sorry. You're, you're down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I, I was actually looking at how mad I am that Billy Barty got nominated for Gwildor in Masters oh, of the Universe. God, yeah. Oh, jeez. Fuck that. I love that movie. Yeah. We, we covered it on this show. Okay. Uh, Daryl Hannah wins Worst Supporting Actress for Wall Street, which 
weird. Seems a little sexist. That <laughs> fucking uh, one Michael, Michael Douglas is winning best yeah. actor for it. She's winning worst actor. Yeah, and she's like actress. worse. Not sexist at all. No, not no, at all. not even close. Not even. Uh, Norman Mailer and Elaine May tie for worst director. Again, Elaine May does not belong here for Ishtar. That's a great film. Norman Mailer wins for Tough Guys Don't Dance. Uh, uh, Leonard a group, Six a great wins. writer, but I don't know about him as a director. So, right, right. Mm. Uh, well, he does. He loses worst screenplay to Bill Cosby for Leonard Part Six. What the hell? <laughs> How is this happening? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. I, I need to see this movie at some point in my life. I didn't see, but even the poster looks terrible. Like, it just, really no does. There is it no is, way. This That film just can't be good. I <laughs> I have no faith in it. <laughs> Worst new star goes to David Mendenhall and over the top playing Mike Hawk. Yeah, yeah did nice. <laughs> Shout out to Mike Hawk. Uh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just your 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 specifically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There you go. There's the garbage pail kids, and uh, I'm very mad now that Jim Varney got nominated for worst new star for playing Ernest, and Ernest goes to camp. <laughs> Fuck that nomination. Exactly. Uh, worst original song goes to I Want Your Sex, the George Michael song from Beverly Hills Cop 2. Wow. Meanwhile, I gotta have faith been stuck in my head this whole time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. So it's funny you brought that up. That is funny. Mm. Did, did you recently go see House of Gucci? I uh, am seeing it this week. Oh, the song that that song is in that movie. So oh, enjoy. really? Oh, okay. Enjoy okay. that needle drop. I will text you when the song starts playing. Also, how did this beat out? You can be a garbage pail kid from the garbage pail kids movie. That makes no sense. Mm. What is this song? Let's go to heaven in my car from police Academy for <laughs> written by Brian Wilson. <laughs> wait, I am about to say, wait, I think I've heard this song. before. Oh no, no. Brian Wilson shouldn't be nominated for anything in the worst category. That's not right. All right, mm. and worst visual effects goes to Jaws the Revenge beating out the Garbage Pail Kids movie and Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. <laughs> Superman 4, the Toy Story 3 of the Superman movies. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. I wouldn't disrespect Toy Story 3. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only put that in there for Jonathan because I always called Toy Story 3 the Superman 4 of okay. <laughs> the Toy Story franchise. Yeah. Wild Night at the Razzies. Yep. Terrific. Leonard Part 6 just cleaning up everywhere. All right. <laughs> that brings us to our worsty judgments. All right, Trayvon. Every week we we have two questions that we have to ask and we're going to we're going to round table this. And we're going to start with you. Let us do it. And our first question of the evening is, did this The Last Emperor deserve Best Picture? From, from what I saw, I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was up against, too, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it was Broadcast News, Fatal Attraction, Hope and Glory, and Moonstruck. I'm kind of biased, man. That's not fair, because I like Fatal Attraction. So that's, I'm going to be pretty biased. I do think 
it deserved, uh, you know, cinematography and sound and all that. But I don't think it deserved this picture. Okay. I mean, that, that, that's a fair, fair opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that brings Zach. Zach, did this deserve best picture? You know, of the nominees, I was able to watch uh, Moonstruck, which was a pretty delightful film. Charming, very charming. With the, you know, mm-hmm. um, funnier than I expected. Well written. Um, and Shanley's great. Yeah. And I got to watch Hope and Glory as well, which was, like you said, that's kind of a really interesting kind of, what's the word, mood and themes. Like, mm-hmm. very serious subject matter handled in a lot of ways with levity. It's kind of like a updated racy mrs miniver you know as far as okay, you know yeah. look looking at the how the townspeople for the most part are affected by the war and how they mm-hmm. deal with trying to get away from the reality that's the world around them right. um so i think i think i liked it a little bit more than moonstruck just because it had a little more substance to it as okay. far as the weight uh and last emperor is the only those are the three nominees. I didn't get to watch broadcast news. I really wanted to watch that. Um, out of those three that I've seen, I think last emperor is the most kind of prestigious kind of film. And I guess, you know, I'd say yes, that it deserves best picture. There's some, there's some big snubs though. I, I feel if not best picture empire of the sun, like you mentioned earlier, should have mm-hmm. been. Yeah. Give Christian Bale a nominee a nomination. Why not? My man. My <laughs> yeah. man. I mean, oh, he yeah. gets enough <laughs> later on, but and I'll I won't harp on it for long. But I personally, I think Full Metal Jacket is every bit as good as Platoon. Wow! Wow! <laughs> but, but obviously, the year this after Platoon, it, it's yeah, we kind of got this thing with Kubrick. I'm more the fanboy than I would like to admit sometimes with him. Um, <laughs> problematic fave it's all good yeah (laughs) um it's not bad it's okay it's it's another one i know a lot of people talk about the first and half the first half of the movie i think is legitimately one of the best films of all time the second i agree still a a really good movie in my opinion i don't agree (laughs) but i think they (laughs) i think they the thematic shift from boot camp to to war or whatever it worked for me um but you know the year after platoon i don't think it's it deserved it needed to be Best picture, even though it may actually be one of my favorite movies from 1987. But the movie that should have been nominated, I'll let you talk about that, Paul. So, and probably should have won. <laughs> so. Robocop? Dear God. Dear God. Yeah. What do you think, Paul? In the end, yes. Uh, Last Emperor, I think it deserved. It's fine. I'm fine with it winning. Oh, uh, I did get to watch everything in the category this year. Okay. Uh, so, we'll run them down. The four first uh, that didn't win. Uh, Fatal Attractions bringing up my four spot of those four. I I really like that film. I I don't know. I hadn't seen it in so long, and it kind of threw me off, and I just didn't enjoy it as much as I remember. And ah, okay. I I think it's a good film. I I really enjoy it, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just I I really like Adrian Lyne's output like after this film a lot because I love Jacob's ladder. Ah, okay. And maybe I was just trying to okay. sitting on Jacob's ladder a little too much watching this movie. 
maybe I need to rewatch it. I, I really enjoy it. Re- rewatch it. I, I would rewatch it. It might come off a little corny now, but I would look at it. Yeah. And <laughs> and it's one of those films where it's like, I don't really think anything wrong is happening here. And I don't think the film is saying anything bad. It's it's enjoyable and it was fun to watch, but I don't know. There's just something that was lacking for me, and maybe I need to go back and rewatch it. But it's it's just holding up my four spot at the second. Um, I think oh, these next three are hard. Um I think Moonstruck's going at my three, and I love Moonstruck. I think that mm. film is so fun and so charming. And okay. John Patrick Shanley, who also wrote Doubt, uh oh. Is, oh. is a really yeah. good writer. Oh uh, I love Doubt. Uh yeah, that that's heavy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He he kind of goes all over the place. He's he's got a few other plays I'm a I'm a big fan of, but I don't need to get into those right now. Um I find Cher charming in that film. I don't know if she should have won Best Actress. In fact, mm. I really don't care for this best actress race this year. Mm. And that's because that, Joan Chen wasn't nominated. That's uh, Joan Chen wasn't nominated. Exactly. Though, yeah. though I think I would put her in supporting actress. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, just just because I can see I the know, argument. It, cat- yeah. Categories are hard sometimes. I think I think pushing her as supporting actress would have been better for the better for her chances. I don't know if they pushed her for best actress. But uh, she definitely should have been nominated. At but, the very least, mm-hmm. yes. I mean, Streep's fine in Ironweed. I really like Holly Hunter, Broadcast News. Glenn Close is really good in Fatal Attraction. Yes, she is. <laughs> I haven't seen Sally Kirkland and Anna, so I don't really have an opinion on that. But out of those five, Close and Hunter I would probably keep, and it would look completely different for me. Uh, but I I think Moonstruck is just a lot of fun. Uh it's cute and is it your number three yeah but it's my number three i i think hope and glory is going at number two i'm i'm with Mm. their john borman pulling on his childhood experiences living in england during the german bombings is really interesting and he found a really interesting way to tell it from a child's point of view yeah and there's just a moment at the end of the film when he goes to school and the school's on fire. <laughs> and the one kid's like, we don't have to go to school. Thank you, Because that's exactly what a kid would think. It's such a funny line because it's like, <laughs> this kid doesn't understand the atrocities of the world. He just knows he doesn't have to go to school. Today. Right. <laughs> yeah. And there's a couple different scenes like that. I forget the the girl's name whose uh, mom died. They're just like, oh, her mom died. You don't believe me? Go ask her. Her mom died. The bombing It's just like it's a, such a casual <laughs> like thing. Shouting it out like right in front of her too. Like, hey, she, ask her. So his mom me? died. Ask her. She, she should tell you all about it. <laughs> it's such a such a weird movie, and I just kind of all about it too. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, my number one out of this list is going to be broadcast news. Uh, I'm just really into journalists doing journalist shit, and mm. okay, that's just, a, that's just a running theme for me. I yeah, anytime anytime I get to watch journalists be journalists, yeah. even if they're being dishonest, shitty journalists like uh, William Hurt is in this movie, I'm about it. I love it. Uh, yeah, and that's I think guilty, that that's one hell of a guilty pleasure. Okay. 
Oh, I don't feel guilty <laughs> about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I mean, like yeah. the last time I really talked about it was all the president's men, which is just one of the greatest films ever made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I get, and I know it's going to come up a little bit later in these films, and I can't wait yeah. to talk about that. So I I'm, oh, yeah, I might try to squeeze one. it in tomorrow. I know I'll be late for the podcast, but I really did want to watch broadcast news. So because you know I have yeah. uh, I went to school to study journalism, and if it hadn't been for the economic collapse of 2008, maybe I would have been one. Well, fuck you, 2008. Yep. Uh, that being said, I think Last Emperor's putting it into the the five. I think I'm slotting it at number four, just above uh, Fatal Attraction. Again, okay. I really need to rewatch Fatal Attraction. I don't think this is our best picture. I think it's an. I think it's a good film. I think it's a nice film. Uh, but in a year, in a year that did have three really strong contenders in Moonstruck, Fatal, uh, Hope and Glory, and Broadcast News, and then like Au Revoir, Les Enfants, not getting put in the best picture category i would have mm. put empire of the sun maybe in there shout um, out to empire of the sun full metal jackets half of a movie so it doesn't deserve to be <laughs> nominated for anything <laughs> oh my god i'm just needling zach now um uh which is if eastwick's a better movie untouchables is a better movie yeah they just made which is a Eastwick a musical yeah they sure did i i yeah. want to see it yeah yeah uh, of course, I don't think I've said it at all yet, but uh, RoboCop. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shout out to Peter Weller, guys. Oh, Peter Weller's such a, such a treasure. Uh, <laughs> and I personally like Inner Space and Predator better, but I don't think they deserve Best Picture either. <laughs> no. Uh, they're, they're great. Uh, I think 87 is such an interesting year, and Last Emperor, while good... And again, everything that it got below the line, I'm good. Everything yeah. that it did get nominated for in the acting categories, at least best actor and best supporting actress, I, I think it should. I think it deserves to be at the at the ceremony. And I think maybe even I would keep it in the best picture category. Maybe well, I just yeah. don't think it. I don't think it should have took the statue home. Gotcha. I don't. I I agree. I don't think. I mean, then I, I could probably say that on a positive note, it, I guess it paved the way for some of the foreign films. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, they, they got best picture. You know what I'm saying? So, and once they got nominated. Yeah, and and I always hate saying that anything that has minority casts in should not get recognition for what it's done, mm-hmm. especially in a time when obviously the cast isn't getting recognized because they are Asian. It's, it's shitty to, to say that, but at the same time, it's like, uh, I, I gotta go with what I gotta it's, go with on this one. It's truth. So, yeah. Hey, you know, I think it'd be remiss. Not if Jonathan were here, I'm sure he'd, you know, shout out, uh, you know, space balls, you know, his favorite, the lost boys. Oh, <laughs> I love the lost boys. Shout out to the lost boys. <laughs> oh, Hellraiser came out. Oh man, I oh, love Hellraiser. Oh wow. The one I, I were you finished with your statement because I'm surprised you didn't give more uh props to you know that criterion you showed us earlier. Robocop? <laughs> the other one, Prin- the purple one. Princess Bride. Yeah. 
I honestly yeah. think oh, yeah. it, it deserved Best Picture nomination. I, 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 I often, I often call Princess Bride one of the, one of the greatest examples of filmmaking. Yeah, mm-hmm. like as a medium, not not necessarily that it's one of my favorite films of all time. I don't know if it's one of the best films of all time, uh, but it's uh, a film that I. I have a deep heart for, and I think it does everything right mm-hmm. in the way that it mashes up genres and there's a little something for everyone in it. Yeah. And kind of the, uh, the meta textualization of having the grandfather read it to the, the <laughs> grandson is, is about that. Um, it, it's a great film. I love it to mm-hmm. death. No, I love it. It's, it's fun. Well-paced. You know what I mean? It's it's just it's one of those feel good classics for me. So yeah, and it has Andre the Giant. Exactly. How do what? you you know you can't complain? You have Andre the freaking Giant in your movie. He's he's the best. <laughs> you know. Also, quick shout out to Evil Dead Two and Peter Jackson's Bad Taste. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Evil Dead Two. <laughs> and final thing yeah. I'll mention that you keep bringing up, and I still need to watch it. Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've never heard of this one. Oh, okay. So, Trey, uh, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but I talk about this film all the time because I feel like everyone needs to see it. It's free on YouTube right now. Oh, Um, good. I like free YouTube shit. Okay. So, Todd Haynes, one of the greatest directors of all time, uh, wanted to make a film about the life of Karen Carpenter and was having trouble securing the rights from Karen Carpenter's family because, you know, she she dies horribly. And so he's, he's like, I, I think she has an interesting story to tell and it should be told. And I think I'm the person to do it. Mm. And he's like, no, I, I don't think that's right. So he's like, let me show you that I'm the right person to make a Karen Carpenter movie. So he makes a, a like a 40 minute Karen Carpenter movie using Barbie dolls. Now this sounds like it, this sounds like it's a disaster. It's incredible. <laughs> It okay, so I'm I'm trying to picture I got small soldiers in my head right now. So <laughs> no, think think nineteen eighty seven with uh-huh. no budget. This guy does this as a labor of love and it's it's literally like a child would play with Barbie dolls, except he has like dioramas. Oh my god. So it's just like Barbie dolls moving from side to side like this. It's way better than it has any right to be. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I will boost that up my list to watch first. And it's it's free on YouTube. It's only 40 minutes. It's a quick watch. And it's legitimately one of just, there's no reason that anything done that way should be as good as it is. And oh the fact God. that it's better than actual movies that were made this year and went, went to <laughs> Leonard, went to theaters like Leonard part six. Like yeah. it's <laughs> wild. Wild. I, I hope yeah. you've seen this deck. Um, I ha- I haven't, but because he's mentioned it, I I'm looking about it a little here. Uh, you know, it has different yeah. points of release date. Talking about like 1988, but maybe, but it's it was made in 87 and and had a. I don't know if he released it at least to his friends or something, but um, yeah, just 43 minutes on YouTube. On the- I, I could watch it. I'm gonna yeah, watch it. It, it. All right spent a lot of time on this question so we're gonna get to the second question <laughs> jesus that was just the first question oh that was, god yeah, yeah that's that's us taking our time talking about <laughs> everything else um all right so our second question is trey 
is the last emperor the worst best picture Ooh. no okay do do you have any films off the top of your head that you know would rank near your worst best picture because as you said i was trying to there was dear god dear god hold on you might want to come back, back to me i have it all right, let, let me let me ask Zach real quick. Zach, is yeah. this the worst best picture? No, it's not the worst best picture. I have it kind of towards the middle of the pack for me. Um, I think I'm putting it at number twenty-seven. Number twenty-seven, which is five behind Gandhi. So I prefer Gandhi as you know a historical biopic. This might have some more visual stuff going on, but I think Gandhi's a you know a better made film overall. So yeah, number twenty seven out of sixty. As for myself, what? No, no, you can go ahead. As for myself, uh, I'm saying no as well. Uh, I have it sitting at number thirty four. Okay, it is right below Wings, the first Best Picture winner, and. Right above my beloved Oliver. Ah, uh, that one best picture. Oh wow! Yeah, it really sh- it probably shouldn't have, but uh, they did have a part of choreography where a bunch of orphans make up a uh, horse-drawn carriage, and it's incredible. <laughs> That's um, right, Shakespeare in love. Yes. <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's that's going down near your bottom oh it's down there <laughs> it's I, down i can't I wait to get you. to it i yeah. haven't i haven't watched it since like 1999 so i'm interested dear god, dear god. Uh, <laughs> it's actually you brought it up i have gandhi sitting at number 40 i think this oh, was okay. a, i think this was a much better made film well there you go also uh I don't know enough about real life Puyi to to say whether or not he was a uh, weird dickhead, but I know enough about Gandhi to say that about him. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got their thing right now. That no excuse. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I guess whole man theory. He he's all right, but yeah, the man did some weird shit. Oh my God! Braveheart did win one. What is happening? Yeah, Braveheart. Braveheart beat Babe, but I'll talk about oh. that when we get to ninety-five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else you got that you want to drag down into your worst category? Uh, yeah. As I'm going through, I'm like, Jesus! How the hell did Crash win? Um, like, what <laughs> kind of shit is one. that? Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> what kind of shit is that? Uh, <laughs> Forrest Gump. I guess we can argue it, but I would not have put that as best picture. Um, I can't keep telling the. I can't keep telling the story on air about how that's the inspiration for this podcast. Oh, sure, we can. <laughs> Got to remind people every every time that Forrest Gump com- comes up. I have to remind. Uh, I have to let the guests know that one of the main reasons that I wanted to do this show as trying to discover what the worst uh, best picture was because I was sitting around one day thinking about Forrest Gump winning best picture over all of the films that <laughs> won best picture over. It's like, is that the worst film to ever win best picture? Not even that. Maybe it's not that bad a film. I haven't watched it in a long time, but the fact that 
Mm-hmm. It absolutely should not have won Best Picture. Like, no. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, <laughs> showing our hand early, but yeah. So the little foreshadow. 19- yeah, good. the nineteen ninety four episode is going to be a little anticlimactic. I oh, guess, yeah. except we'll, we'll for fill the fact it up. we'll make it spicy. I was going to say, except for the fact that uh, we'll I'll have to answer whether or not it is the worst Best Picture. So <laughs> drum roll. Oh, I look forward to hearing that. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, all right. Uh, I guess that brings us to the end of the show. We're going to call it here. Trey Juan, would you like to plug anything or let people know where they can find you on the social medias? Yeah, of course. Uh, so, again, my name is Trey Juan Coles. Most people call me Trey. You can follow me. I mainly use Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. So, um, I just keep naming different <laughs> But uh, you can follow me, Facebook, Trey Juan M. Coles. That's T-R-A apostrophe. It's kind of unique. W-A-A-N-M Coles. And then Instagram is under T-M Coles underscore X-C-I-V, which is 1994 in Roman numerals. Um, yeah, I'm a baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Twitter is under Trey underscore traditional. I okay. came up with that corny name years ago, and I can't <laughs> change it. Twitter won't allow it. So, Boo, Twitter. That's, Boo. <laughs> that's how you'll find me and see me doing a bunch of shenanigans and acting shit and all that. I, uh, awesome. I, I, I hope people do follow you and find some of those amazing videos you did uh, dressed in the, the Good Burger outfits. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I, I, I want them to please go look at that. <laughs> those yeah, those were one incredible. best costume best costume almost every time we wore it on Halloween so nice one Zach where can the peoples find you find me on Critiker with another uh, <laughs> a name I made when I was 19 and, and don't want to change it but Zach Master it's so it's so cool isn't it X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R <laughs> I even spelled it with an X yep there's, that's where I post my um, short film reviews. You can find me on TikTok at House Havoc or Letterboxd by searching my name, Mr. Workman. Uh, you can find me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. One day I'll get back to actually making TikTok videos and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films that I watch. And this week I finally got to see Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Yes. <sighs> Can you uh, tell us about it real quick? I had oh. to bring it up on this episode specifically because, of course, the original West Side Story won Best Picture. Uh, mm-hmm. It's incredible. It. Mm. I, I don't want to say too much because it's going to win Best Picture. I um, hope my friend Felicia mm-hmm. listens to this because she needs to hear this. Continue. <laughs> honestly, like uh, Spielberg and Kushner have found a, a way to make the plight of the fifties relevant to uh, the 2020s uh, it, and they essentially make West side story, a film about gentrification mm. and they let all of the Latin actors talk in Spanish without use of subtitles, which was such a breathtaking thing to see because you don't get that a lot. no, in in modern film, they either they're going to subtitle it or they're just not going to let them speak Spanish like openly. Uh, the Rachel Ziegler is a fucking movie star. 
Okay. Give her, okay. Give her all of the awards now. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ariana DeBose, who plays Anita, the Rita Moreno role. Mm, nice. Steals half of the film. She's incredible. Uh, the the scene where she is accosted and almost raped by the Jets in the film is heart stopping. Oh my uh, god! It it is just a masterwork. Janusz Kaminski's camera work is everywhere. He he shoots the shit out of this movie. Spielberg. You, you know how I always say Sidney Lumet is just I'd give anything to be as good as Sidney Lumet at anything. Because yeah. that man can make a fucking movie. Spielberg, he's 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 the master of film for a reason. Yes. <laughs> he he may have had some misses in his lifetime, but the fact that you would ever doubt that Spielberg could just just churn out a masterpiece, especially on something he's this passionate about, is asinine. And Kushner's script is incredible. Uh they they put um they put cool and I feel pretty back in their mus- the mus- the original musical spots and not the movie spots. And suddenly I feel pretty feels like such a revelation of a song mm-hmm. that like I had, I, you know, I, I'd seen recordings of the play before I've never seen it live on stage, but it's always felt kind of weirdly placed, but the way, the way that Spielberg, does everything and smash cuts into that song. It gives um, Maria such an innocence mm. before that bubble is burst that anyway, it's see West side story. It's a real shame that people aren't like going to this film in droves. Mm. I know, <laughs> I know Spider-Man's coming out next week, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a major factor. I think it is. I think it's a huge factor and that's yeah, a real is. shame because this there's no way that that film is going to be better than this one. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah. No, I admittedly, you know, if you heard that episode, I'm not a huge fan. I, I respect West side story. I'm not a huge fan of the original movie, but really? my compl- my complaints about the movie are the movie. Like I like versions of the songs that I've heard elsewhere. Um, and I'm sure I'd, I've always said I'd like to see, I've, I've never seen a stage production. So I'm really excited personally to see this and hope that, you know, I can finally get it. You know? Yeah. 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 And, and for people who don't really like the danciness of the original, the violence in this one is very grounded and, and uh, not dancey at all. Mm. It is violent. Oh, okay. they're, they're literally. Okay. Wow. There, there, there's just a shot of somebody getting hit in the head with a fucking paint can. It's wild. <laughs> okay. And, when they get to the rumble, the rumble is pretty, pretty good. Oh uh, God. I have been looking forward to seeing this and you just made it even better. I, oh yeah. I, I really want everyone to go see this movie. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> it's currently sending out my number two of the year. Dear God. Like that's West Side story. Like that even makes me want to like, if I could ever produce like a musical type movie. Oh, shout out to my uh, production company, Real Gold Pictures. Sorry. Um, <laughs> dear God, parents going to kill me. So if I, if I could, <laughs> <laughs> if I could ever produce something as fabulous as that, oh my God. Yeah. I would love it. Whose wing do I have to be under? 
right? Jeez. Let's, let's go find some coattails, Trey. Me and you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> let's do that first and then wish him the best after. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Trey, thank you so much for coming on the episode. Joy yeah, to have absolutely. You Can't yes. wait to have you back. Yes, make sure I'd we link up or put all your links when when we post this. Absolutely, yes. we can follow you. And you said Real Gold Productions is that? Yeah, it'd be Real Dot Gold Pictures on Instagram. Okay. Yeah, yes. we're currently in the middle of producing a web series, so yeah, stay tuned. Excellent, excellent. Can't wait to see it. All right, Zach, what are we watching next week? Next week, we're taking a break from the podcast and talking about 2021 in our year in review. Oh, yay. So we're going to talk about mm. current films. So mm-hmm. uh, you'll be hearing me talk about West Side Story a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. That's good. I have watched it by then. All right. We would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Loving Up for Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod, and on Facebook at The Oscaristy Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, much like Zach did with the undeserving Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> <laughs> it really helps us. <laughs> it really helps us to be seen in the all almighty algorithm. Yeah, I'm not going to make any joke this time. <laughs> oh. All right, for Trayvon, Jonathan, normally, and Zach, and Joe Chin, who got robbed of the yes. Best Supporting Actress nomination, we would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs> <laughs>